As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. New from the Fox News Podcast Network. I'm Emily Campagno, and this is the Fox True Crime Podcast. And I had nothing to do with her disappearance. I sit down with the people who lived the nightmares. I was in shock. I was just devastated. The investigators who tirelessly worked on the case. And I really hope that they can catch this guy. Bringing you closer to the story than you ever thought possible. Listen and follow now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. These are the stories that keep you up at night. Purple Mafia, with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. Do you want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. Today is Saturday, June the 5th, 2010, and this is episode number 64 of Purple Mafia. It has been eight weeks, folks. Two months since the last Purple Mafia. Yeah. Well, the lawn cleanups took longer than expected. Uh, No, not until June, but uh, yeah, they took till about the second week of May. And since then, I just kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off, partially because it's not like the draft had just happened. It was about three weeks old already, uh, and I, I apologize. Just I kept putting it off, and the schedule's not really very friendly right now. Obviously, the two-job thing, but uh, doing what I can here. Um, I do what I can to keep up with things. Of course, when it's time to really start playing football, I'm going to absolutely do what I possibly can to keep up. But uh, again, I apologize, folks. I also apologize that... Uh, I'm talking about that instead of the Vikings for so long. But uh, yeah, in episode 64 today, well, we're going to rehash the draft a little bit. I'm not the biggest genius on the draft, we'll say, but I'll make my uh, opinions about, let's say, the early half of the draft. A couple of interesting picks early on, the very first pick. A little boring. A little boring, but at the same time, hey, what did I talk about constantly? Shore up the cornerback position. It's just what's funny about that is... Well, we had just signed Lito Shepard. We're going to talk a little bit about him as Anthony from L.A., who was kind enough to call in um, right before the draft, as right around the time Lito Shepard was signed. He talks about him a little bit. We're going to get into that. So, yeah, we have that call in. I always love to hear from Anthony from L.A., very knowledgeable, uh, very cool listener of the show. Appreciate it very much. Also, we're going to get to your Facebook messages that's a big part of things as well. There's a Facebook group for Purple Mafia. I'll get to that in a little bit. First and foremost, Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com and on iTunes. And I always appreciate each and every one of you for downloading and listening. And, of course, those of you that have stuck around, and I'm sure there's most of you, I hope. God bless you. 
And uh, please forgive me for the long, long hiatus. But yeah, again, the guest of the show, first and foremost, uh, we're going to get to the call from Anthony from LA very first, because he kind of pretty much talks about what I'm going to get into at the beginning. The draft, a little Lito Shepard, that was actually the last free agent signing we made. Free agency has completely dried up for the time being. After that, well, yeah, you know, some good news with E.J. Henderson. Some very nice news with E.J. Henderson. We'll talk about that. Uh, a little bit of that Twitter war with uh, uh, a little bit of that. Not going to get into it too much, but Twitter war with uh, Vasante Shenko and a guy I don't like very much. As you probably noticed it last uh, earlier, last uh, right when about the Vikings were going to play the Saints. Darren Sharper, oh, the MVP of football, Darren Sharper. A little Twitter war between them. Lots of opinions on that uh, across the Across the Great Divide. <laughs> so that'll be a topic today. Um, a little teeny bit of Brett Favre. We're going to talk always about a little bit about Brett Favre just because that's how it goes. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the idea today. So without further ado, we're going to get to Anthony from L.A. right about now. Hey, Joey, what's up, man? This is Anthony in L.A. I was just calling to uh, do a little pre-draft talk. Uh, it's been a while since I called in, but um, thinking that I uh, got that text today with the uh, Lito Shepard coming in and uh, doing the cornerback thing with us, I think that's huge because that hopefully opens up uh, what we were talking about, maybe putting Antoine at, the, at a safety maybe. Maybe they would want to work that out somehow in there. Uh, but that's good role to... Good role for him. Uh, he might have to fill in for Cedric. Who knows how long he may be out for. Uh, as far as the draft, I think that they're in a good spot to, to pick up. De- I think they need to go defense. Maybe a uh, safety like Taylor Mays from USC. Huge hitter, hard hitter, tough guy. like him a lot. Watch him play a lot every Saturday when, uh, down here in, in L.A. Uh, big player. Good player. Um but if that, if he's not available, then I think maybe quarterback could go to this couple linebackers out there in, in Tennessee and in Florida also. But, uh, uh, quarterback, you know, I mean, could take quarterback at that 30 spot, could go Colt or Tebow. I don't know. What do you think? I'll call back after the draft. And I thank you for that call, Anthony. Once again, joining Purple Mafia and, uh, always appreciate those calls. So now we'll get to it immediately. So yes, Lito Shepard. Now, of course, yep, again, this is a topic I brought up about a billion times on the, uh, well, maybe not a billion, but you get the idea of the classic exaggeration that we show hosts always love to do, don't we? So several times, let's use that word from now on, several times I brought up the need to uh, address the cornerback depth situation, and particularly well, the secondary, yeah. Well, the Vikings absolutely addressed the cornerback situation, in a combination of free agency and the draft, not the safety position. Not the safety position. Uh, first, I'll get to Lito Shepard. Yeah, the safety part that uh, Anthony mentioned. We'll get to that in three seconds, obviously. Even though the draft old news still, <laughs> hey, I wasn't. I didn't exactly get to talk about it yet. Um, so, yeah, Lito Shepard, he's had a nice career. Um, he turned 29 years of age on April 8th, right about right about after episode 63 there. Uh, 29 years of age, he's not necessarily old, but he's had the injury bug and his career has taken a downturn the last couple of years towards the former Philadelphia Eagle. 
for some reason I thought he played on the Colts, but it's actually the Eagles, and yeah, I apologize, that was kind of a mix-up with somebody else, uh, I think I know who I'm talking about, safety, but um, we'll continue, played on the Jets last year, did Lito Shepard, um, very nice career numbers earlier on, five, uh, in 2005, excuse me, 2004, five interceptions that year, two of them for touchdowns, three interceptions the following year in 05, six interceptions the following year, a pick six that year as well, three career pick sixes as they call them, interception touchdown, and then that tended, that kind of went away a little bit as the injury bug started to bite. In fact, the guy's had injuries quite a bit in his career, only 10 games in 05, 13 and 06, 11 and 07, played the whole season for only the second time in his career in 08, and only 11 games last year with the Jets. That was, of course, his first with the Jets. His only other 16-game season was his second year, and uh, not quite as good numbers early on in his career, but he was a former first-round pick, of course, of the Philadelphia Eagles back in 02. And, man, weird to think that 02 is that long ago already, but it is. It sucks. <laughs> Sucky thought. Um, nice addition to the Vikings. Not necessarily uh, the superstar or anything, but, hey, you know what? Cedric Griffin's out until who knows when. ACL tear, very nasty ACL tear for him, and of course, very late in the year, yeah, February, early February for, uh, excuse me, very late January for uh, Cedric Griffin, flipping overtime game against the New Orleans Saints, an overtime that should never existed in a lot of us, uh, in, in a lot of our minds. Um, interesting how fate tends to turn, isn't it, folks? It really is. It totally sucks. <clears throat> to get the idea, I, I like the addition, though. It's not like he's 40. He's 29, so uh, definitely does help. The thought, of course, of moving Android Winfield to safety. Hey, I love it. I absolutely do love it. I don't like the current safeties on this team. Medea Williams, There, I mean, we haven't really heard anything good about him in the last year. It's been pretty embarrassing. I think the only thing, yeah, as I've said in the past, the only thing... Medea Williams does well is hit people hard. That's it. The coverage is pretty pretty lousy. He doesn't ball hawk at all. Tyrell Johnson is a boring, unimpressive player as far as I'm concerned. Tyrell Johnson, again, that's the guy I was talking about. He isn't really a starter. Yeah, sir. You know, again, I remember Anthony corrected me a few shows back. And, yeah, that was a pretty big mistake on my part. But, hey, when I don't have a producer, because I'm the producer, when I don't have a producer <laughs> sitting across the table from me, through a glass window saying, oh, uh, you mean uh, Tyrell Johnson, right? You don't mean Cedric Griffin. Yeah, you know, saying that in my ears or something. Yeah, it's a little easier when you have somebody else sitting next to you, even if it's a co-host or something, which I don't. So, again, I apologize for that That in the past. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of digressing there, kind of. But um, Antoine Winfield, I think at this stage in his career, the thought of him moving to safety is a good idea. He is 33 years old, 33 years of age, is Antoine Winfield. And uh, we've seen it in the past, and, and it's worked in the past with other players. So that could be very interesting. Uh, the idea of drafting defense, especially early, yeah, a good idea, of course. And it would have been very nice. Actually, I would have been all on board if the Vikings did wind up with Taylor Mays. I made the comment that he would have been tailor-made, <laughs> pun intended. It's up to you if you think it's funny or not. Uh, not necessarily trying to be funny, just going with the flow on that one. Um he would have been a nice fit at safety for the Minnesota Vikings. Of course, USC would have been a nice fit indeed. Very, very talented player. A little debate on him and just how good he'd be at this at the NFL level. 
But uh, I would have been all all on board with the pick. The Vikings did not make it. Also, the whole quarterback thing. Yeah, that's where the controversy comes in. And my favorite part, something I was going to get into had I been able to do the show right after the draft. And I think I, God, I, in hindsight, I probably should have done it right after the draft because it was raining out. It's just the problem at the time it was raining out and couldn't do any work. But yeah, the problem was, yeah, they split the draft three days apart. That would have been kind of frustrating. So yeah, you got to love how that turned out. But the first night is what pissed me off the most. And I think a lot of you know why. Well, I have mentioned in the past I have to get up early as my schedule obviously totally did a flip-flop and how the Vikings were picking 30th this year. And I was surprised, borderline shocked, that they'd even get to pick by around 10 o'clock instead of 11 o'clock. Very impressed with how quickly the first round moved. So I stayed up till about 10.05. Pick for pick for pick. I can't believe it. Jimmy Clausen is still available. They're even talking about him uh, going as early as the top 10. As, uh, you know, earlier in the draft, I mean, in earlier mock drafts, just a few weeks back. The guy's attitude, obviously, in question. I'll get into that very briefly here in a sec. Um, Jimmy Clausen continuing to slide. There is the Vikings' future quarterback. you got to think, even though the guy may have an attitude issue, that Brad Childress will get him in the in the program, so to speak. The uh, <laughs> the uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but the program where <laughs> the character is uh, fixed, the players have the right attitude at all times, or as much as possible, anyway. Uh, McKinney, hint, hint. There, uh, it doesn't always work out that way, but uh, no. Right as the pick, right as the clock ran out, three. Two, one, plum trade. Why? Ah! Uh, I mean, that's about. Uh, that was about my reaction at the time. I stay up that late, you know, and that's not very late to most of you. Most of you think, "What the heck?" Yeah, no, it's kind of tough when you have to get up really early in the morning. I stay up an extra half hour or so. Uh, it may have been about ten thirty already. Only to see the Vikings had traded the pick. Jimmy Clausen is not coming to the Vikings. Oh, come on! Seriously. Uh, thanks, guys. You know, that that was a little bit irritated with that. But um, that's how it goes. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> so then the next day, well, it just so happened it was still raining. Couldn't do any work. <laughs> and here comes the pick, finally. Vikings pick in the second round. Is it Taylor Mays because he's still sitting there? Is it Jimmy Clausen? Well, you figure it's probably not because the Vikings, if they were going to take him, they would have just probably taken him at that 30th pick. They didn't. So did the Vikings take uh, Taylor Mays? No, they took Chris Cook. And it's like, yeah, I know he was one of the guys we're going to talk. We're talking about all the time. Uh, not to say me, but uh, others. <laughs> it was, he was the guy. A lot of well, a lot of us on the boards and stuff were talking about. Chris Cook could be, you know, he's a fit and everything, but it's like, mm, he's one of the most boring possible picks. And that's what it ended up being. And it's like, all right, fine, that's great. I, we'll see how it goes. Um, consistency, a little bit of a question with him. But certainly, uh, you know, certainly has talent. And it's like, we'll see how it goes. That's pretty much about it with Chris Cook. Not the most exciting pick ever. Vikings, of course, not able to get... 
Ayupati. I think I said it right this time. Thanks again for that, Chris Tucker. <laughs> yeah, I do appreciate that. That one was impossible to pronounce without a little help. And, of course, that Ponzi taken earlier. Ponzi, boy, that guy's stock soared in a big way. It soared in a big way. Um, boom. Well, Vikings only get one lineman, uh, offensive lineman in the entire draft. That's a guy, of course, that uh, our buddy Chris Tucker wanted badly on this. You know, they need the Vikings need more help in the, uh, the offensive line. Well, we had to wait all the way down to, like, the Vikings got Chris Tugier, a guard, a very big guard, by the way, 6'4", 335, Wake Forest. Again, the fifth round, the 30th pick in the fifth round. That's kind of late, but, uh, hey, there you go. There's your only offensive lineman in the whole draft. So uh, I guess I hope you're excited, Chris. I'm not sure I am either, but uh, we'll see. At least he's big. We'll see if he can apply that in the NFL. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I broke down film on the guy because I didn't. I don't really know. I don't really know that much about the, the lower half of the draft, other than uh, Joe Webb, which is a very exciting pick. And uh, I like what I'm hearing out of camp from him. We'll get to him in a second. So yeah, the first pick for the Vikings, of course, which was the second pick in the second round, was Chris Cook. That, of course, was a trade of the Detroit Lions. A lot of a lot of people believe the Vikings should have taken the running back that Detroit took. But we wound up with Toby Gerhardt as the Vikings do trade up in the second round and acquire Toby Gerhardt from Stanford. And uh, yeah, one of the one of the deals here is people do a little bit of profiling. Figure a white running back in the NFL, a white running back? Huh? Really? Hmm. Interesting. You know, that's like since like we haven't had a really a a star white running back on the Vikings since Brown back in the 60s. You know, the big bruising Brown in the 60s. And, uh, yeah, I've seen, I, I got to watch every game back then because I, no, I didn't. <laughs> Too long ago, he was a good running back, but, again, the 1960s, yeah, sure. That's a profile that people go around, and, again, I apologize for even mentioning it, but, of course, everybody else did, so I might as well, I just, uh, there it is. Okay, I'm done talking about it. And you wonder, though, when you look at his stats, of course, Stanford, a fairly known university, yeah, fairly well-known university, you look at his numbers in college, and it's like, hmm, second round, huh? Interesting. And, of course, that's because people aren't really sure how well he's going to translate to the National Football League. But the good news about Toby Gerhardt, before I even get to his stats, the last two years is uh, junior and senior years, which are just insane. The guy is known to hang on to the football, which, funny... Adrian Peterson is not. So at least at this particular time, of course, you know what's also nice about Adrian Peterson, I'll digress super quick. We're not really hearing much about him working on the uh, working on the old fumbling problem. We're not really hearing that much about it. And that's kind of frustrating as well. The local media already getting a little frustrated about that. People wondering what's going on here. You know, we did lose the NFC Championship game, and Adrian Peterson's fingerprints are all over it. He's not the main, necessarily the main reason we lost, but he's, uh, okay, maybe he is. He's got a lot of fingerprints on it, man. The crime scene has Adrian Peterson's fingerprints on it, on, on, on that one. Yeah, unfortunately, Favre has a half of a thumbprint on it, too, because of one imbecilic play at the very end of the game. But that's another debatable deal because of his ankle, which we'll get into late, very much later in the show, the very end here. 
Toby Gerhardt, though, um, probably, okay, I'm not even sure if I want to call him the most exciting player in the draft, but the most immediate impact, I guess it's him, because I'm not sure really anybody in this draft is an immediate impact. The most intriguing player, I would say, is the next one we get in the second pick in the fourth round. I'll get to that in a sec. But uh, first, we'll get to Toby Gerhardt's numbers in college, which are pretty exciting. In 13 games, Toby Gerhardt in his junior year in 2008, with 210 carries, he had 1,136 yards, 5.54 a carry, 15 touchdowns. Pretty good, right? Well, his senior year... He ran the ball 343 times for 1,871 yards, 5.5 a carry. Oh, and by the way, he had 27 touchdowns. Look, that's not enough to work with. Pretty good. Now, regardless if that's college or if it's Stanford or whatever you want to say, week conference, week whatever, it's pretty good numbers. You, you, you can't make it up, as Dan Barrero would say. You can't make it up. 27 touchdowns is pretty good. And uh, fantasy football players, well, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like a very late pick or a nice free agent pickup for the goal line. A, a goal line running back for some of you fantasy players out there. Maybe he'll be your fifth running back, some of you, some of you out there, especially in those deeper leagues. You, you'll be you'll be a little higher than that probably, some of those crazy big-ass uh, <laughs> leagues. Uh, yeah, definitely a goal line threat at very least, a nice, very big power runner. About 240 pounds, 6'1". Um, hey, not a bad trick at all. There's your there's your uh, replacement for Chester Taylor. The only problem is, well, uh, are, are we ever going to see another player like Chester Taylor make those third down receptions, break a tackle, and get that first down? Probably not. Probably not. Unless Chester uh, Adrian Peterson can become something like that. But uh, right now, I don't see it happening. Sorry. I'm really sorry. Trust me, I am sorry. And with all sincerity. It sucks. So now we get to probably the more intriguing pick here. Another trade, yet another acquisition. This was, of course, this is actually part of that whole uh, trade down deal with the Detroit Lions. Everson Griffin, defensive end from what college? USC. There you go. So now we finally got a USC guy. Everson Griffin. A lot of people talking about him as a potential first-round pick. Very, very talented, just uh, some issues a little bit with him, unfortunately. A big part of it is, you know, he's not always uh, not always into the game. But when he is, he is a first-round talent without a doubt. So uh, we'll see how that works out. A lot of people say this guy could be an absolute stud if he's able to figure it out. So we'll have to wait and see. Of course, the fifth round, Chris DeGuerre. There's your offensive lineman again from Wake Forest. Already talked about him briefly. Vikings got two linebackers in this draft. Nate Triplett is one of them from the Golden Gophers, a Golden Gopher player. Compensatory selection, I believe this could have been from a uh, losing Chester Taylor. So there you go. You got a guy from Minnesota, <laughs> the Minnesota Gophers anyway, Nate Triplett. All right, welcome to the welcome to the Vikings, former Gopher linebacker Triplett. Joe Webb, one of the more exciting picks in this draft. Six-round pick. Well, you know, could be a little bit of a Tyler Thigpen type of pick anyway. Um... It's funny, though. A lot of people saw him as, yeah, this pick is going to be a wide receiver, right? University of Alabama. Yeah, he's a, he was a quarterback in college, but he's going to be a wide receiver in the NFL, a la, um, a la Cordell Stewart at one point in time. And uh, <laughs> excuse me. 
Excuse me. I'm forgetting his name. He played for the Steelers. Uh, I won't even get to it right now. If it comes to me, I'll mention it. You probably know who I'm talking about, of course. Played for Indiana. Yeah, very, very familiar name, and it's just escaping me right now. Not the most important part of the conversation today. Uh, it's funny, though, but then they said, okay, yeah, he was a, came in as a wide receiver. He's played quarterback and all that stuff, but then he threw the ball. And they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 Joe, Joe, throw the ball again. Uh, throw it again. And this is basically what they said. Holy crap, Batman! That's, uh, right about the conversation there with Joe Webb. Uh, not only were the throws insanely (laughs) strong, not only does the guy have a really nice arm, but he's really accurate. So you have a good arm and it's accurate, that's a good sign. (laughs) That's a start. Just might be one of those little uh, Dr. Frankenstein developmentary project development projects for Brad Childress. We didn't really enjoy the last one, Tavares Jackson. The accuracy certainly wasn't there. Uh, quick decision making, well, I don't think it was really there either. Uh, Joe Webb, we'll see. Who knows? Who knows? He's a sixth round pick. You know, it's not like it's not like we took him sixth overall in the draft. And we're mortgaging the franchise on him. A lot of people are extremely excited about that pick. In fact, a lot of people nationally believe that Joe Webb could be something pretty good on this team at some point in time. At quarterback or receiver. Maybe um, mostly receiver at the time, but maybe quarterback. Because they were a little bit uh, intrigued. So Joe Webb, instead of lining up as a receiver, is wearing the red jersey in practice right now. He's been wearing the red jersey at all the camps. Because they just they wanted to get they wanted to say okay let's see what he could do as a quarterback first, and they're like really, hmm, alrighty then. Uh, before I get for, to the uh, one fairly intriguing uh, free uh, excuse me undrafted free agent pick there that pickup that the Vikings made also at quarterback, Mickey Schuler was a se- pick uh, in the second seventh round excuse me I'm a little bit goofy right now, Mickey Schuler from Penn State again another. Uh, Detroit Lion, the part of that Detroit Lion trade. Yep, when the when you trade down and all that stuff or up, things get shuffled around a bit. And Ryan D'Imperio from Rutgers is the other linebacker. Two seventh round picks for the Vikings. That was their official seventh round pick. And there's your draft. Well, I guess the th- <laughs> there there's some intriguing picks, but right now I don't really see any immediate NFL starter. Uh, pieces on that in that group everson griffin see the thing is you know, he might be insurance for uh if ray edwards possibly leaves he's not a happy camper right now with how things are going luckily i think he'll be back at least for one year and everson griffin who knows maybe he'll be a really nice player someday i hope it works out vikings kind of had to take him toby gerhardt of course he's one of those guys that could be here for quite a while we hope he's a, more, a lot more effective player than uh, Jimmy Kleinsasser ended up being. Jimmy Kleinsasser, yeah, he's a good blocker, but in terms of overall, in terms of doing anything with the ball, forget about it. And Chris Cook, well, we'll see. You still have Asher Allen. He had a couple of good moments. He had mostly bad moments. I thought he was terrible for the most part last year. Third-round pick Asher Allen from Georgia Tech, Georgia. Uh, Chris Cook, we'll see. We'll see how that works out. He's from Virginia, of course. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, 
Some people really like him. Other people are just kind of like, eh, he's okay. You know, he may, he probably could have gone actually a little later in the draft. Not much later, a little later in the second round maybe. So uh, that's pretty much going to conclude the draft conversation. It actually went a lot longer than I thought. But, of course, I'm Paladino Joey, your host, or Joey Awajin, whatever you want to say. And I tend to be long-winded at times, especially on Purple Mafia, because this is the big show we like to conversate on here. And, of course, hey, I had a call in, and I wanted to talk talk with Anthony from L.A. as well. So terrific, and I hope you keep calling in, Anthony. Uh, keep keep calling in when you can. I understand you have a life, and you're busy at times, but uh, if you can call in, that'd be great. All there's out there, please do call in. So we're going to take a quick break and get into other issues right after this. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 64, which again is a reminder for iPod users along with Microsoft Zoom and other MP3 players. Uh, welcome back. Welcome back to the show, as they like to say on PA, the Paul Allen Show. So our first topic is, well, <laughs> remember E.J. Henderson? Yeah, I remember him, the guy that had a very, very harsh, uh, very nasty injury. Yeah, he broke his femur when Jamarcus Sanford... Um, Tried to crush a guy. Unfortunately, Sanford's helmet went right into into E.J. Henderson's femur. And, of course, that was a bad enough night against the Arizona Cardinals. Bad went much worse. Broken freaking femur, E.J. Henderson. Well, how about this, folks? How about this? E.J. Henderson says he'll be ready for camp. Can you believe it? I mean, a lot of us were scared to death. Like, how long is this guy going to be out? And remember the Minnesota Wild defenseman. Also had a broken femur. He was gone for about two years. So, um, just very exciting to hear about this. Uh, Henderson said Friday, the rehabilitation from surgery to repair his left leg is right on track. He says he sees no reason why he wouldn't be in the starting lineup for the season opener at New Orleans on September 9th. Henderson promises he'll be on the field when two-a-day practices begin in late January but acknowledges his activity will be up to the coaches. Henderson had a titanium rod inserted after breaking his femur, the body's largest bone, at Arizona last December the 6th. He said he's had no setbacks and that his biggest challenge is regaining muscle memory in his legs. And yeah, yeah, because, I mean, it's just such a severe injury. Um, you need, you know, you need tons and tons of time. I mean, you got to think that the muscle... Obviously got a lot weaker, and of course needs to kind of, kind of, sort of grow back on the bone and everything too. It's just such a crazy spot to have injury, an injury. But uh, we'll see. Very exciting, very exciting. That that uh, bit of information, of course, courtesy of the Associated Press. Very cool indeed, E.J. Henderson. I will be just thrilled to see him back, and uh, we hope this time, <laughs> this time he's able to stick around for the whole year. He's had a couple of. Uh, Season-ending injuries the past two seasons. It's been kind of frustrating. The guy is an absolute stud. An absolute superstar. So let's hope for the best for E.J. Henderson. So now, next topic. Oh, goody. Yeah, we're going to get to the Twitter war. And, of course, I'll talk about my Twitter at the end of this <laughs> at the end of this, this topic. And because the, the Facebook, your questions on, or questions and comments on Facebook will uh, continue there. We'll go from there, I mean. 
on the Facebook group. This, of course, this is by Rick Alonzo of the Pioneer Press. Yeah, there's been some trash talking between Vasante Shenko and Darren Sharper on Twitter. Yeah, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You gotta like that, right? You gotta like that. <laughs> the comments came after Shenko posted a picture of Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Laden earlier this week with a number 42 drawn in front saying, I'm, I'm Darren Sharper. Shenko mentioned it was... <laughs> <laughs> at the suggestion of a soldier who had a custom target for the Viking tight end during a visit to the Minnesota National Guard on Tuesday. Sharper, a former Minnesota Viking who wears number 42, apparently didn't like the characterization. Tweeted Sharper to Shenko, Okay, homeboy, you done went too far, making me out to be something that has brought this country a lot of headache. He added, Protect your neck, that's all, I, that's all the warning you get. Protect your neck, ouch. Shenko responded by tweeting Sharper's comments. We're the epitome of a crooked politician. Have some class, homeboy. <laughs> Shenko and Sharper have been friends for several years. They were teammates of the Vikings during 2007 and eight seasons. Both are noted trash talkers. About two weeks ago, Sharper raised eyebrows when he tweeted, X marks the spot in reference to Vikings quarterback Brett Favre's surgically repaired ankle. Shanko later said he thought it was a joke, but that the Vikings wouldn't forget the comment heading into the season's opener September 9th in New Orleans. Vikings coach Brad Childers didn't seem bothered by the trash talk. Hmm. All right, well, I guess you guys can make your own opinion on that one. Uh, hmm, I don't know. Kind of weird, kind of weird indeed. Um, <laughs> fun stuff indeed. Uh, Bin Laden, I, I don't know if he needed to put that up there. But also, uh, Sharper did not really <laughs> come off as a very classy guy either, saying, watch your neck. What, is he going to break his neck or something? I mean, okay, that's nice to know. We've already had a guy break his femur on this team due to a freak accident. Let's not get too cute, especially we've seen broken necks happen in football. So, uh, yeah, target practice of Darren Sharper, that's not too good either. Whatever, though. I guess we're just going to have to <laughs> say say bleep it. By the way, real quick, for Twitter, you people out there that do tweet, forgive me, I may sound a little tired tonight. I apologize. Just mm, just a little bit behind in sleep a, a lot lately. Uh, Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. That is how you can find my Twitter for this show, this exact show. I do appreciate it very much. Brent Jacobson has been a nice uh, follower of mine. He tends to comment the most to me on Twitter, on that Purple Mafia tweet on there. So I do appreciate that, Brent Jacobson. He does some comments also on the Facebook page. Which, of course, well, the Facebook group, of course, all you have to do is type in Purple Mafia Minnesota Vikings Show. That's where you type in the search bar. You will find it for sure. Please do join it. I'd appreciate it very much. And you can comment on there, and uh, we can talk about the Vikings, and you will hear, you'll hear your name on air, <laughs> regardless if you think that's interesting or not. Uh, we're going to start all the way back to April 8th. Now, I'm not going to just sit in here and read every single word from everybody at this point in time because it's been two months. I can do that more later. But I'll do that more in the uh, 
more recent stuff. But I got to mention this name because he was nice enough to come out of the woodwork. And I hope more, more, more of you out there do that. Please forgive me if I'm butchering your last name, by the way. Adam Ellens comments and says, Hey, Joey, excellent job with the show. For whatever reason, I had trouble finding the group, but here I am. Keep up the great work. I can't wait for the draft, and I can't wait for you to get back podcasting in a few weeks. And, hey, I appreciate that, Adam, and I do apologize for it taking so long. And thanks for coming out of the woodwork, buddy. It's really cool. And, again, yes, that's how you find the page. I understand how it could be a little hard because there's like a trillion Minnesota Vikings group, but there's only one Facebook group for this show. Yeah. Type in Purple Mafia Minnesota Vikings show. That's all, just, just type that in. Or, no, Purple Mafia Minnesota Vikings. Just type that in, and uh, at that point you'd have no trouble finding it. Maybe that's what uh, Adam typed in. A little slide up. Chris Tucker was talking about who's your pick. Of course, that's... We kind of got into that. My pick at the time would have been Taylor Mays or Jimmy Clausen. And, of course, the Vikings had both of them right in front of you, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. We also get into the draft a bit. <laughs> a few play, plays up. Um, Tim Tebow went a lot higher than people thought, of course, by the way. He went to the Denver Broncos. I was a little stunned by that. Denver Broncos getting a little weird over there. They'd recently acquired Brady Quinn. Now they take Tim B- Tebow as well. It's just, like, what were they thinking? Yeah, um, okay, we'll just have to figure that one out. All I gotta say is, it's Coach McDaniels in Denver. That's all I gotta say. The guy's weird. Yeah, weird indeed. Chris Tucker also talking about the Vikings got the Saints in game one. If we can hang on to the ball, <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. I will not be surprised if we win this game by three touchdowns. Oh, and you know how Favre is coming back for redemption now. The NFL does not give a game this big to the Vikes. If T-Jack is quarterback, I agree with you, Chris Tucker, in that statement. I apologize I didn't respond to you on there, but I was unbelievably busy at the time. Yep, right about that point is when we got Lito Shepard. I was pretty happy about that because the Vikings' uh, most glaring need at the time. Now it's not the cornerback position anyway. Safety, I think, still has, could use some addressing. Cedric Paulding returns. This is on April 23rd. His question is, couldn't the Vikings win when uh, with Tavares? Why not go after Taylor Mays, Sergio Kindle? Would Clausen make the Vikes better? Um, yeah, and I commented about how I would. Hey, I would love to have Taylor Mays. That would have been that would have been nice, indeed. But unfortunately, well, that's not what happened. Yeah, I would have been all over Taylor Mays. I commented about that on there. Dylan Richardson thought we were going to take, possibly going to take Jimmy Clausen. That just didn't happen, unfortunately. It wasn't Clausen or Mays. And, uh, yeah, that's just how that turned out. As we know, that's kind of how the Facebook is going. Chris Tucker, I finally got up to Chris Tucker again. He loves the Toby Gerhardt pick. This guy can catch the ball and just plain move the line. I think this sends a message that we are going to bring a pounding back every down. Plus, when we get when we get a lead, this running tandem will just eat the clock. Great pick. Hopefully, we can move back up into the second or third round again. Uh, I probably shouldn't have mentioned the last part because that was current draft stuff. But yeah, Kobe Gerhardt. He yeah he can catch the ball, but he only averaged about a hundred receiving yards a year. So that's one thing. I'm you know that's the one thing about Gerhardt. Yeah, he can catch, but they didn't really use him that way there. So uh, I guess that's still kind of a. Work in progress coming into the NFL. We'll we'll see, we'll see again. As long as he's not another Jim Kleinsizer, who can not 
catch. He cannot catch. Nope. Brett Favre then made an interesting comment about, at this point in time, Brett Favre finally comes out and says, oh, I need ankle surgery if I'm going to play next year. Yeah, April 30th. It's nice to know that you're bringing that up now on April 30th when you could maybe have had ankle surgery in March. Yeah, we'd like to say about, yeah, sure, The uh, we'd like to see the swelling go down in the ankle. Yeah, March. Hello, not May. <laughs> Brent Jacobson adds a comment as now we get to May. He says, I think Favre will be, or Brett will be back. I just hope we will have the Williams wall for all 16 games. Frankly, I would be a bit queasy about the first four games against the Saints, Jets, and Dolphins without Fat Pat and Big Kevin Williams. And luckily, well, it looked it looked at a point that the players were going to be suspended as uh, the, the judge here, Minnesota judge Gary Larson, not the same guy that played defensive line for the Vikings in the 70s. <laughs> oh, that's kind of funny. It's kind of funny thought there. Uh, it looked like possibly the Vikings might, that he was saying how the NFL can, could suspend them, but then in the end... They're not going to be suspended as the Vikings have the right to appeal, or the two uh, linemen anyway. The Williams will have the right to appeal, and when they appeal, well, uh-oh, they got to wait until they can go back to court again, and that could take another year. So here we go again. We don't have to worry about it for yet another year. There will be no suspension for the Minnesota Vikings. Williams Wall, that is. Now, that, you know, Brett, at this point, Brett Favre finally had surgery. Chris Tucker comments, great news, man. I cannot wait to destroy the Saints week one. I can't either, by the way. Brent Jacobson's comment is, I figured he would be back from day one. I think we ought to be able to beat the Saints in September. I am saving up to hopefully go to that game. I will deck out in purple and yet be respectful of Saints fans unless they get chirpy with me. So that's very cool, Brent, to see uh, he might be off to the city of New Orleans. How about that? So that ends the, uh, the comments for the Purple Mafia page at this point. Again, guys, sorry I wasn't as active the last few weeks on the Minnesota Vikings Facebook page. Uh, maybe Facebook group, whatever you want to call it. It's a group, technically. Um, I'm going to be more frequent on here now that I'm finally back doing the darn show. With episode number 63, only about two months later. <laughs> so again, please do join that group. I'd appreciate it very, very much indeed. So the final, so now we're going to get to the contact details. We do have a call-in line, again, like Anthony Ramella used. It is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. I almost forgot it. It's been so long, right? <laughs> that is the call-in line on the sportstuff.com. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. So that means you got to mention that you're calling in to Purple Mafia. And then do your comments, shout-out, question, uh, whatever it is. You'll be more than welcome on air, and I'd appreciate it very much. You'll hear your voice with mine. Hmm, pretty cool, huh? But also on the sportstuff.com, we do have a message board, and we'd like you to join up. Lots of nice NFL talk on there. Simply go to the sportstuff.com, click on the button in the right-hand side that says TSS Boards, then click Register, and do sign up. Make sure that your screen name makes sense and it's not a bunch of jumbled letters and numbers like XX1372 because more than likely it'll be be, uh, deleted due to uh, spam risk. So make it something that makes sense. Maybe you want to be Toby Gearhart and whatever. (laughs) Lito Shepard 29. Yeah, maybe you want to be that guy. 
That'd be pretty cool, huh? But uh, regardless, we'd like you to have, join the sportsstuff.com. It'd be great to have you on there. And, of course, do join the Facebook group and follow the Twitter. Follow the Twitter, the Twitter. Okay, bad. <laughs> pretty stupid. Sorry, guys, for that. I almost thought I'd delete that, but I'm not going to. So, enjoy. Okay, well, I'm going to be back fairly soon. Probably not within a week, be- uh, unless news breaks, because right now it's uh, it's awfully quiet. It's awfully quiet, and we know a certain gray-haired, gray-bearded quarterback is not going to announce he's returning to play football, despite the fact Brett Favre did promise the Southern Mississippi uh, college baseball team that if they made the NCAA tournament that he's going to come back now, you hear? Well, they didn't make the tournament. But uh, I don't think Brett Favre is going to retire because Southern Miss did not make the NCAA baseball tournament. I don't think so. <sighs> okay. So I guess uh, if you did listen past the contact details, you got to hear that. If not, well, doggone it, you missed it. <laughs> so thanks again for listening to the show today. We'll be back soon, probably not too long. I don't think it's going to be eight weeks. Maybe anywhere from, uh, let's just say anywhere from seven to 14 days. Purple Mafia, episode number 65. We'll be back on the sportsstuff.com and iTunes. Thanks again for listening, guys, and please call in. Come on, come on and join and have some fun. Take care.